Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Got a really good show for you today. A little bit later on, we're going to be joined by the new IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Just happened to be a part of the Jericho Network here, so it's apropos. And uh, joining us in studio right now, dear friend of mine, former former partner of mine out of Mexico, D-Generation Max, Rocky Romero, baby, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. I was trying to get you. I was trying to get Rocky to come back in a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah I was traveling. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. been crazy the New Japan schedules. But I was wondering, like, what? I mean, is that just like a full time like? It's crazier than like, ever. Yeah. yeah, it used to not be like this. Even just a year ago, it wasn't this crazy. But now it's it's a lot of tours. They've added dates, yeah. and then now with the U.S. expansion stuff, and now working with Ring of Honor even more. Uh, you know, every it's like even you come home, you you have yeah. like three or four days off, and then you go back on the road. Is it is it is it the Japanese stuff or the domestic stuff that's taking up most of your time these days? Both, to be honest, yeah. it's it, it's hitting on all, yeah, it's hitting on all cylinders. Because even when I'm over there, then you know I'm I'm working you know with uh with the LA office here, on, right? Trying to you know pitch ideas and and uh, you know I'm also helping um, New Japan World with pitching content and yes. different stuff. So. I'm I'm busy. It's crazy. It's yeah. like it's really crazy. I'm having a great time doing it, and I'm, and I'm lucky to have the opportunities that they've been giving me, especially uh, in the last six months. But uh, it's a lot of work. What about the dojo? How's that coming along? Are, Do- you, are you hands on on any of that stuff? Uh, not as hands on. I was in the beginning a little bit, but uh, now the uh, the LA office has kind of taken over, and then Shibata has really stepped up in yeah. his role as the coach. So he um, he's it's it's doing good. It's doing good. We're doing the camps right now. But uh, he has his own special plan, and he's yeah. it's, it's like I feel like it's uh what's the movie? Um, uh, Bloodsport? No, no. Karate Kid? No. Just no. Karate Kid. Just throwing out more. Fight, Fight, Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club. He's building an army over there. Oh, Is he yeah. fighting yeah. himself then? <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. But he's but he's definitely looking for talent, and, and like he's pulling these kids in and. Are they going to try to do the dojo system here like they do in Japan, or are they going to modify it a little bit? I think that that they're they're going to do the dojo system. It's going to be slightly modified, I think, for you know this market a bit. But yes, that's I mean, the, it's that's totally two totally different cultures, right? And right. that has to be kept in mind. I think, right? right? Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think it'll be as extreme as yeah. it is over there. 
but I think uh, the ideas will still be yeah. be there. You know, the the same ideals. And uh, yeah, so he's looking for samurai. He said, yeah. and and so if there's some people who are interested in, in getting in there, you know, get into the camps, and and it's a really good experience. I was there for the first uh, the first camp, and yeah. it was awesome. And and you know what, those camp and 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 all that and and how they do it in in the dojo in Japan, it is it's extremely hard work, mm-hmm. but it's not like. I mean, it's it's totally doable for somebody that's yeah. willing to go out there and bust their ass, and and especially like those guys that are or the guys and ladies that are well, for New Japan's just guys, right? Right. But you know that are going to be the type of athlete that you're going to want to attract. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, a lot of the people uh, and and not against them because they love wrestling and they want to be a part and they want to be in it. But a lot of the wrestlers that go through camps, you know, you know, throughout the country like mm-hmm. are like a lot of them are we know for a fact like well, well we don't know for a fact because i mean people thought that about me but you have a pretty good idea who's gonna make it and who's right, not. right right you know and and you know those people aren't the ones that are going to be making it through new japan dojo right right but you know i i think though there's a lot of young guys have been coming to the camps yeah. like when i was there so Guys that that are you guys and gals, I should say, that are like uh, a year in or something like that. Yes. So it's a great experience, you know, just starting out, not really knowing much. Here's an opportunity to work with a top talent. You know, yeah. Shibata is is awesome. You know, yeah. and uh, so here's a way, and and just getting introduced into the New Japan style in a very Japanese way. It's cool. I mean, there there was I got to work out with him a little bit, and I've never really wrestled with him. And uh, he was showing me stuff that that's just kind of cool yeah. and old school, and I was loving it, you know. So cool. yeah. I don't think they should modify it that much. I don't. They're, they're not modifying that part. The training yeah. is the training, you know. Good. But uh, I think you know, there's some things you know that you can't do anymore. Like people yeah. are staying. Yeah. They're the not staying days. there. They're going home for the night. They're right, coming right, back. Right, 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 I don't right. even. I don't. I like that whole staying in the dojo yeah. thing. I'm just talking about like washing somebody's balls or <laughs> yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Well, they, they don't do that anymore. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's 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 I don't know. Is that uh, <laughs> a rule? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are expected to do. You know, like. Uh, you know, you might wash people's clothes. You know? Absolutely. You know, what I'm saying? You, you know and, yes. and obviously cleaning up at you know yes. the dojo. So even after after the training is done, there the first thing that's done is everybody gets assigned a job and yeah. you start cleaning the wiping down the dojo and nice. cleaning it. You know, cleaning the floors. Somebody does the bathrooms and yeah. then they they switch every day. So it's it's really a dojo experience within you know five days or so. Oh, good. So it's cool. Yeah. And it kicks up again uh, immediately right after the Cow Palace show, I believe, the week after. Right. Yeah. There's three sessions that are coming up. Uh, I, I think they start uh, the first one starts July 9th. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So get on to the uh, the website www njpw1972.com for more information. And you so, mentioned you don't have to be a veteran. I mean, no, no, there's a there's a rookie um like a complete beginner course I think that they're they're trying for the first time so one of the weeks. So yeah, if you get your emails in there and they'll be able to uh to point you in the right direction. Hey, so Rocky, are you do you consider yourself semi retired from in ring action right now? How's that working for you? I mean, I don't feel I don't say that <laughs> but maybe <laughs> i feel like everybody else is kind of saying that but uh i just i'm really i'm just not doing the big shows as much just because you know it's we have so many titles and every match is basically a title match so if i'm not in the title picture then which i don't hey, rocky 
Yeah. You're doing it backwards. <laughs> when you get older, you're supposed to only work the big shows. <laughs> no. You're right. You're right. Maybe, I'll, maybe i got to weasel myself back yeah, on some the way around. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm fully on the tours, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, which was fun. We just did a tour, uh Kazuna Road tour. That was a lot of fun. It was easy. So, hey, with New Japan's, like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, okay, from the 90s when I was, last time I was there, uh, what... Has the traveling changed much? Is it? I mean, has it gotten better? Like the buses, uh, have they upgraded yeah, the buses? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got a, a brand new buses, so we got upgraded, and we have you know like full on Wi Fi and you know seats recline. Recline. Yeah, they recline nice, and everybody's <laughs> hey got their man, own that's seat. a big yeah. deal. The reclining yeah. oh, seat yeah. because I've been on those some buses in Japan where it's like, oh no, do they purposely try to make yeah. this as uncomfortable <laughs> as possible? Yeah. No, yeah. So uh, yeah, they they actually do they do a really good job. They take care of us. We take the train yeah. a lot more. We fly a lot more yeah. as well. So. Um, cause it's kind of crazy. They don't really f- focus the tour by like, Oh, you should yeah. just drive out two hours every day. I mean, like sometimes it zips all across the country. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, we'll just, we'll take the train, which will be nice, you know, and that, or we'll fly, you know, or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the buses, have, the buses are, are decked uh, out. They're cool. Yeah. Right hey, I wanted to ask you about something, uh, that, uh, when Kenny Omega won the IWGP title, he did a press conference, and I think it was in the press conference. But he talked about some of the domestic guys not uh, he saying they need to step up. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. What any reaction to that from you know from you or or um, any of the of the Japanese talent that piss anybody off? Uh, you know what? I don't I don't know if it hit Japan in the way that that it did in the states. Uh-huh. To be honest, um, but I mean. Can Does he we, have a point? I mean, it's it's hard to say because, yeah. Basically, I mean, what what was said was something along the lines of, right. you know, hey, you know, it's what, a lot of the for, like a lot of us foreigners are the guy coming up with the good ideas, and we're the ones going to the gym think, and working th- h- harder. Long. I think, yeah, there is some truth in the fact that uh, you know, especially with the way that New Japan is going now. Yeah. The foreigners have a lot of influence in in direction, and because they are trying stuff yeah. that's that's non traditional, but not to take away from obviously the guys who are still keeping the company afloat, sure. which are the Japanese domestic that's talent, right. you know, the Tanahashi's, the Okadas, and the Naitos, you know, and then also Kenny is up there as well. But uh, y- yeah, I would say that he he's right about the fact that I that if you're going to go to the gym on, in in a town, you're probably more likely to see. Uh, one of the foreign guys there than maybe the Japanese talent. But you also go to the shows and the Japanese talent are working their in the butts ring, off. They're in the ring, they're doing the squats. Yeah, they're the doing the squats and, and they do that yeah, every day. So right. I don't want to take away from the, you know from them in, in that way either. But obviously I think there's just different mentalities, right? Because Japan is old school in their mentality. So like they're like eat everything, get as big as you can. Yes. You're not worried about having abs you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Where like the Western... Uh, you know, side of thinking is like, oh, I have to look, you know, like a Greek god. You know, yeah, but like, isn't I it get changing abs- over there too? Though a little bit, yeah. No, it is, it is. But I still think that there's still uh, that that still that that yeah. when you're you know a young boy in the dojo, they're just like eat everything, eat everything, that's eat right, everything, eat everything. You know, it's the sumo style yep. where you're just eating literally candy, you know, rice, meat, whatever you can get your hands on, and yeah. they're like just get as big as you possibly can. That's all, yeah. all we really care about. You know, so. I mean, it's starting to change. It's still, it's still changing. It's still a process. But 
I still think that there's different ideals, you know. Do you think maybe Kenny was also referring to guys being more, I don't want to say outlandish, but more active when it comes to social media, being more charactery on social media? Right. right. Look at what you Marketing think. themselves yeah. better? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, the, some of the newer generation, I think, is better than that on the Japanese mm-hmm. side. Uh, like Hiromu Takahashi, Time Bomb. Yes. Like, I yeah. think he's really good at, at uh, marketing himself in, in a different way. Uh, but yeah, you know, some of the guys that are still kind of in between, like say like a go who's not like over 40, but like, you know, in his thirties and then like some guys that are in their later twenties, they're still not, they're kind of in between the, this new generation sure. and the, and the older generation. So they're just kind of like stuck in the middle, but those are the guys that are being pushed right now because they're at the, you know, the height of their, their careers, sure, you know? Right. So uh, I don't know. I think we're just in a, in a, in a weird space where things are developing and moving. And, uh, is tenure still like a big thing there, or is it like not as big as it used to be? Yeah. To where yeah. like if somebody else is really doing good, they can decide, they can just leapfrog somebody exactly that has tenure. Can that is that a thing in New Japan? Now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a respect level because that's just the way the the whole country is yeah. you know is like uh the tender person you always have to show respect to you know your senpai which is the tender person but uh but yeah but like you can look at okada who's only uh what he's 30 years old now yes and he uh and wow. but he's the top of the company you know so he uh you know he obviously gets pushed and you get put in a different in how category, did he you know? how did he get how did he get past tanahashi just like uh it's, it's weird Ta- i'm sure tanahashi Tanahashi's still the guy though to like the, just like the regular fans, yeah. like like just um, like not the hardcore fans, but just kind of the regular fans. He's still the guy. He's still the most. He's still the John guy. Cena. He's still the John Cena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, uh, but Okada is, is up there. I think with the with the wrestling fans, the rest of the world, they're he's like making oh, all the towns. That's the guy. And, yeah, 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 definitely. And it's interesting because had AJ Styles not left, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't be seeing Kenny where he is right now. Right. You know the right. the fact that they vouch for him to you know get up there, give the guy a shot. It's insane. And you know, also touching back on what you guys were saying about you know the differences in in. Um, you know what the domestic guys are doing and what the guys the the international guys yeah. are doing that was something that Kenny also talked about on the show which was he said that you know, with his title reign being different from Okada's, he yeah. was going to be trying different new things to incorporate, make wrestling fun, make wrestling new, make it different versus Okada's reign, which is more of a tech book wrestler-ish, that's what he yeah. said. So now having that different balance is, it's pretty incredible. I think that Kenny right now is is going to be probably one of the most important champions of all time and, and, and impact <laughs> and uh, obviously in, in the way that the world is looking in New Japan right now. Yeah. Um, he, I think it's perfect timing for him. I think if yeah. they would have done it a year ago, it wouldn't have been the right timing. I think it, it's there. I feel like Gato's pretty good about that, about when when to pull the trigger, and he makes people wait for it, and then everybody complains and complains and complains, and they pull the trigger, and then everybody forgets about it. It's funny you say that. Uh-huh. Because he was on the show last week, and yeah. that's exactly what we all said, and right. he agreed with us that the importance of his title reign is is here, it's now, yeah. and and we agree. you're right. Yeah, yeah. And then it, you can look at Knight, though, as another example. Like, they could have pulled the trigger with him three years ago or whatever, or at least they thought they could, and they didn't even have what they have now. You know, they have this, you know, kind of stone. Oh, that would have been really premature. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I'm and, and, you know, things turned out the way they turned out. And look now, obviously, if AJ and Shinsuke didn't leave too, Naito would still just be that 
you know, mid card kind of upper mid card guy. But now, you know, he's responsible for like 40% of, you know, all sold merchandise, you know. Sure. It's crazy. And honestly, like, wow. I think he could be the guy. Like, I think he, he will be the yeah. guy. Yeah. I think, I think the more that they wait, the more it's going to happen. That's right. Because once it happens, it happens, right? Yeah. But the more that they wait, the better it's going to be for everybody. Letting it just simmer and having him and Jericho, and mm-hmm. now Jericho has the titles, so it makes him want it right. even more. Right, and just getting Constantly like him working with Jericho, I mean, that's gonna that pushes his name into a, you know a whole another universe, you know. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see uh, that match was pretty wild. Wow, it <laughs> yeah. was. I enjoy how I enjoy how how they laid that out. And yeah, let's kind of talk to Chris about that. Yeah, what, I'm what curious his to hear. Were. I'm curious to hear his thoughts too. Yeah. Yeah. About that, yeah, and about Gato's booking philosophy. Yeah, um, like I was, I was in Universal Pro. Like he was one of my first rivals in Japan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Jerry Lynn and I versus he and Jado. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Damn. Yeah, they were like bulldogs. Bulldog KT and sh- sh- I can't. something else. Yeah, right? they had mohawks and <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. It was, yeah, I always bring that up to yeah. them, and they, they and they come out to sharp dress man. <laughs> oh it was God. totally like. It was every like stereotypical American uh, wrestling like right. thing you Cliché could kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah put on there. The, yeah. His tight, his trunks kind of looked heart foundation ish. Yeah. Whenever I bring that up, I go, "What was your yeah. name, Bulldog?" And oh, they, they don't go, like don't, it. "Yeah, they yeah. go, don't, don't say that, man. Don't say that. <laughs> Shut your mouth." <laughs> but, man, I knew back then. Okay, this guy's gonna be a player in, in wrestling like for mm. years to come. Because we would have like. You know, pretty deep discussions about American wrestling yeah. and how much he loved it. He loves Terry wrestling. Funk is his favorite yeah. ever. Yep. You know, and so, and you know, like, did you guys know that when a, I don't know how it is now, but when a Japanese wrestler was coming up, he had to have like a, a favorite, like Japanese wrestler and a favorite foreigner. You know about that? Mm-mm, like no. they would pick one that they would idolize themselves after. But that makes sense, though. Yeah. yeah like especially... Onida was Terry Funk. Right, and, right. You know, they're kind of like, they they admit like uh, you know, they take their kind of characters yes. on type thing yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like Nishimura was with uh, um, Fujinami right? right right and then Gotch was his yes. uh, was probably his American one yeah yeah, yeah. interesting yeah so. amazing well they also have the Cow Palace show coming up I'm pretty yeah, excited yeah. about that what can you tell us about it yeah so July seventh uh, we're at the Cow Palace for the first time. And uh, already, I, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of discussion about how ticket sales have been, but uh, I mean, they've been picking up. They've been picking up, and yeah. and you know, uh, it's already the you know our biggest crowd we've had here, so you know that's a big building to fill. Yes. And uh, I know the card kind of came late. You know, we have about a month to to uh, to promote it from with the with the full card. How much of a monkey wrench did the all in thing put on that on the uh, rollout of that? I think a bit. Yeah. yeah. I think a bit. I think people had to decide which one they were going to do, and and I think it's cool. That all in is sold out, especially because they've been working on it for a year, you know, yep. and, and building up to it. And I think people had to, de- you know, pick and choose. Well, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, which one am I going to do this summer? I can't do both. Mm-hmm. So they picked all in, and I think they made the you know the right decision in that because you don't know if there's going to be another one for sure. New Japan sure. will be back, you know. Yeah. So um, plus, it's going to be it's going to be pretty full at the Cow Palace. Yeah, it's going to be full, yeah. and it's going to you know like. There's like almost six thousand or like six thousand seats sold. Or yeah. something From what I'm like seeing, it's, it's up to seven. But I mean, yeah, I'm sure by the time uh, the show is on, there'll be over seven thousand people in yeah, there. Yeah, and it's going to so. look nice and full in there. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be a nice. I mean, I was in there even with like three thousand people, and it was still a really nice, uh, 
Were you on that show? No. Is that the APW? Yeah, APW no. thing? Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Cody was there, though, right? Yeah, Cody yeah, versus yeah. Joey Ryan. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's the main event. Yes, Kenny yeah. Omega versus uh, Cody uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So first time uh, nice. in America. Yeah, second year for Cody, you know, in a row at this event, you know, facing the champion. So see huh. what happens. Yeah. What about uh, what do you, what do you ha- have anything on that? Uh, yeah, I'm doing the opening match. It's uh, Rapungi 3K and uh, myself and Yoshihashi and Gato against. Yeah. Uh, G.O.D., which is Tama Tonga and uh, Tengaloa, Haku. Wow. Their oh, dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Chase Owens and Yudro. Uh, which is, that's, So that would be fun. First time wrestling Haku. So and I hope I get headbutted. I would avoid it. <laughs> yeah. I would avoid it. How has his experience been with his sons there? I've seen him backstage in the Long Beach show. Mm-hmm. What is his, his – um, what does he, like, give to people like you and other New Japan – People I, on the roster. He, he he's really cool when he comes backstage. He's he's just like he's very supportive. And then you see him talk to like uh, you know somebody like Tiger Tori, and they just start speaking Japanese like fluently. He's like fluent in Japanese because he came up uh, through the uh, sumo system there. Oh, Haku. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, right. it's pretty interesting. And uh, uh, so yeah, he he. I think he's a little hard on his sons. You know, he wants them to you know do it the right way. And he, and, and he's still you know he's came through the Japanese system so he knows everything and he tells them yeah you gotta do this and he's always yelling at, yelling at them that they should learn Japanese obviously uh-huh. so, <laughs> but uh, it's cool yeah it's, it's cool to have somebody like that around yeah. do you speak Japanese? not enough I'm, not, I'm enough. definitely not a Kenny or a, or a Fale no. I speak Spanish Rocky. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've learned a little yeah. bit over the years I think, <laughs> I think Alex I think Alex um, I spoke Trump better yeah. Spanish than you did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's probably still there. <laughs> well, you know who could teach you Spanish would yeah. probably be your hero, Chico El Luchador, I think. He would yeah. Probably help you out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I will, uh, Chico, I mean, he just, yeah, hey, I was, thank I was on, for everything. I was on an, um, the first episode of that right. guy's yeah. uh, docuseries. Right. Yeah. Yeah, ChicoLuchador.com. Uh, thank you for being a part of that. I spent all sure. my money on on Chico and and getting oh, that, that documentary. Why'd you spend all your money on Chico's well, documentary? I felt like I had to bring it to the world, so uh, you know I became the executive producer on it, and I I, oh. I spent every dime I have. I thank you for being a part of that. You. I didn't see you <laughs> and that guy having anything in common. Um, <laughs> Nothing. It's a hell of an investment, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> Tell me, go ahead. I was going to say, there's new episodes that will be coming up. From what I understand, yeah, we're about soon. three, yeah, about three or four weeks from uh, uh, putting out the next episode, and we've got two and three in the can already. So, and, okay, so real quick before people start wondering what the hell we're talking about, for those that don't <laughs> know about Chico El Luchador, greatest wrestler of all time. Yes, yeah. uh, you know, some people for some reason haven't heard of them. You know, I don't know how with the internet these days, but uh, you know. We had you on there talking about how important Chico was to wrestling, how, you know, things like, you know, you wanted him to join the NWO and DX, and he said that, you know, it wasn't going anywhere. You know, uh, just things like that. I mean, we, we he, uh, just everybody's talking about him, and he's, he's the best wrestler of Seems all time. Like he made my all hero. the right moves. Yeah, man. My I hero. have <laughs> six full VHS tapes with all Chico promos, not even matches. Yeah, yeah. I, I have so, that one, too. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm. So yeah. ChicoLuchador.com, you're missing out with Scuffling with Shade if you haven't seen it yet. Hey, you what's going it. on June 29th? Oh, CEO and uh, New Japan, well, CEO Gaming and New yeah. Japan Pro Wrestling are teaming up. It's Kenny's uh, produced show. 
It's at the uh, Ocean Center. In Ocean Daytona, Center is Daytona. it? Florida. Florida. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, building? that's yeah. where they had Battle of the Belts three. Whoa! Oh, yeah. Right. And wow. they used to have all the you know championship wrestling from Florida used to run there all the really? time. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, it's about an eight thousand seater. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're yeah, so we're in the building, New Japan and uh, and CEO. And uh, the main event is Naito and Hiromu Takahashi against uh, Kenny Omega and Cody Bushi. So that's kind of cool. Wow. You're competing? I'm competing. I got a singles match against Liger opening the show. So uh, that'll be fun to wrestle, yeah. mix it up with, with the old Jushin Thunder Liger. Have you, have, how many times have you mixed it up with Jushin Thunder Liger? Countless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is probably like my eighth or ninth singles and then tags. I don't know. Have you ever 100. worked at a place called Trial Amenity Hall? It's an outdoor like place in the Tokyo area. No, I wrestled Liger on the oh, Super really? Junior tournament there and totally Whoa. shit the bed. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've seen like clips of that somewhere. Oh, uh, you could only see clips of that. <laughs> Trust me. You know the Silver King, the Silver King from the corner yeah. to the to the, the floor. Guy? Yeah, yeah. I totally like screwed that up. Oh. He's sitting there standing outside waiting for me, like twiddling his thumbs. And, oh man. That's a scary lager at that time, yeah. too. He was a hothead, you uh, know. <laughs> actually, he was pretty tolerant. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> really? He just, I think he was just laughing at me, which is about all you could do. Has, I was so freaking nervous. Has he changed over the years that you've known uh, him? Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's been, he's been pretty cool. Uh, when I first started there, he was, he was still, like, the booker, you know? So he was, like, the junior booker, so he was, like, the boss. And then... Um, so he was he was a bit more strict, I think, at that time. Him and Choshu were kind of in charge. So it was a, it was a different New Japan. And then now, obviously, that that Gato and Jado have taken over. It's a bit more relaxed. Yeah. It's a bit more like like an American style locker room. Uh, but how, how about the? Do we still have a dress code in New Japan? No, we don't have dress code yet. No, no, no. You guys don't have to wear suits and like dress up nice. No, nope. no. Nope. Do they? Or what about the comfortable sh- jumpsuits? The uh, you don't. Not, uh, you don't have to wear those. They're they're mm-hmm. uh, they're not mandatory. The only people that have to is uh, probably like the young boys when when they do. Uh, you know, they're out there in front of the the cameras or whatever out by the ringside. But um, no, we don't have dress code. We we're pretty laxed. Yeah. I don't know why I added yeah. that into the. I don't know why I asked you that in the but middle of all this. That's interesting though shit. because a lot of people like they'll come to the shows like uh, you know they'll come and visit the shows or whatever like backstage and and a lot of the guys get all dressed up like and. And everybody's like wearing T-shirts and just kind of hanging out, you know. And and, and they're like, oh, oh, some people even said that, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go change because I'm gonna come hang out. I'm like, yeah. you don't have to change. You can just, you know, we don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody's gonna judge you by that at all. Like here, I know? just, you know, thinking about it though, like I can't imagine like some of the traveling in Japan having exactly. to wear a suit on the bus and yeah. then even in those venues. Yeah, no, no way. Especially Holy in the summertime, crap. you'll die. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so. And then like in the bathrooms that are the old style Japanese. <laughs> Toilets sitting there squatting down. With the... <laughs> Got to take everything <laughs> off just to use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, thank God. You know, we yeah, we don't have dress code. I don't see that changing anytime soon yeah. either. So yeah. And yeah. while we're talking cow palace, also Friday, July sixth, you have the press conference and autograph signings for the biggest American event in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. Yeah. So that's uh, huge too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can check. Uh, there's they have a little subsite at NJPW. Uh, 1972.com where you can get information where you can uh, buy your tickets and everything for the autograph session and I believe the press conference is open to the public right so, so that should be cool are they gonna like stream that or, or something uh, I think it'll conference? be at New Japan World yeah. yeah I think so yeah 
Is the show going to be on Access TV? Yeah, the show's going to okay. be live on uh, Access TV here in uh, the U.S. and Canada, I believe. Oh. And then outside of that, it'll be on, uh, live on New Japan World. For, so if you're following from, you know, France or Europe right. or And the CEO yeah. Fighting Game Championships, that's going to be airing live on Twitch. Right. So anyone in the world can watch that as well. Yep. Hey, um... Hey, Johnny. Yo. Remember last week I was telling you about my underwear that I, I got from Mac Weldon? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, well, I got some more stuff t- from him after that. I'm going to get some, too. Good. So, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this uh, thing about their their website. And I'm here to back you yeah. up. Do you have something, you have yeah, it right there? let's talk okay. about Mac Weldon, because yeah. I love it. Yeah, Mac Weldon, when it comes to underwear and socks, Mac Weldon wants you to have consistent fit and quality. Mack Weldon engineers their own fabric and obsess over every stitch so you can count on the fit being the same every time. That's right. And I can vouch for that. You're wearing your Mack Weldons. Yes. And and every pair of underwear feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. And the socks. That's important. And the sweatpants. Absolutely. Bottom line is Mack Weldon is better than anything you're wearing right now. They guarantee it. It's not just underwear. They have socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. You're going to love it just like Sean does. Yeah, the, the sweatpants. I have the gray sweatpants. Mm-hmm. And I, legit, I'm not lying. I'm not saying this because they're a sponsor. They're the most comfortable sweatpants I've ever worn. And they're so confident that they're going to be the best pair you ever wore. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep whatever you order, and Mac Weldon will still refund you. They won't even ask any questions. That's how much they yeah. know their stuff is great. And I okay, when I ordered when I ordered from their website, I was like thinking, okay, I, I hope it's here by the time you know we do the show. Oh God, I mean, I got it like two days later. Wow, maybe three tops, but I wasn't even expecting it. I got mm-hmm. you know knock on the door and. It came and it was in a really sweet box. Professionals, and yeah, and uh, so um, for all the for all of our listeners and viewers out mm-hmm. there, we have a twenty percent off on your first order deal, and uh, yeah, if you visit MacWeldon.com, that's M A C K W E L D O N dot com, and enter the promo code XPAC X P A C at checkout, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll save twenty percent. And uh, once again, that's MacWeldon.com and promo code XPOC for 20% off the most comfortable clothing you'll wear. And whether or not you're traveling, whether or not you're driving, whether or not you're sitting watching uh, the Cow Palace show at New Japan World or live on Access TV, you want to be comfortable. So go to MacWeldon.com, yeah. put the promo code XPOC in, get a 20% discount. And, and also for, for anyone out there that orders something uh, and uses this promo code, if you send me... Or send us uh, the proof that you bought something from MacWeldon.com. I will send you a personally autographed picture. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to get some for these uh, New Japan yeah. bus rides. They, they, they you don't need a jumpsuit. You got yeah. MacWeldon. No, so right. once again, that MacWeldon has reached their definition of perfect, and they can help you reach yours at Mal- bleh, easy for me to say, MacWeldon.com. Use promo code XPOC to get 20% off your first order. That's right. All right. So, thanks for sitting through that, Rocky. That was awesome. Yeah, that was my live read. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Did I say the promo code three times, Mark? More than that. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> Man, last week I was screwed on that. We nailed it, though. Oh. It's all right. Hey, so, Rocky, yeah. real quick before we take a break, come back with uh, with Chris. Uh, how's your merch going? Good. RockyMarrowMerch.com yeah. is going going very well. I'm and, impressed uh, with your, your entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Uh, 
yeah, I'm just I'm 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 finally onto this stuff. You know, I'm I'm looked at the young bucks and I you know and some of these guys. And I'm like, how they're doing so so many things outside of just you know wrestling and just you know the 101 merch sale so um so it's been fun i've been doing it with my fiance and she's been basically running the thing and she has a you know good yeah. time doing it and uh yeah she runs a website we send nice. it out it's it's a little family business we have going and it's, it's a lot of fun what is it what is it again rocky romero merch.com and aren't you wearing a shirt that you can get at rocky romero you can get uh yeah one of these chico luchador uh available for bookings t-shirts that i've got on here i also got some for you guys uh oh, as well so you guys nice. can, yeah i got some swag for you That's guys what's up. did How you bring uh, anything for lula uh, we don't have any dog <laughs> sizes yet All but right. next yeah come how soon. excited were you to finally get an action figure Oh, very excited. And I, I I have like one of the best action figures of all time, I think. Like it's it's actually really good. It's like top. The and everybody sculpt, keeps telling me it. The face sculpt is. is excellent. The yeah. jacket looks great. Yeah, it's like spot on. Nice. Even to my silly faces that I, you know, have, it's like perfect, yeah. What was the process of them getting you to sign off on being able to do that? Um, I mean for me it was pretty easy just cuz like my new Japan deal is a bit different. It doesn't uh, you know, it I can do stuff like that. Um so yeah, it was pretty easy, and we kind of just did it with just pictures. So I don't know how they're able to get the model so perfect from just like pictures off an iPhone. It's you amazing. know, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Sweet. All right, man. We're gonna take you. Gonna hang out with us, and uh, when we talk to Chris, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes. I'm curious to hear what he has to what he has to say about yeah. this Naito match. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Be right back really quick. Y2J Chris Jericho. Yeah. Welcome back to XPOC 12360, everyone. Joining us over the phone right now is the new IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Y2J Chris Jericho. Yeah. 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 Woo-hoo. Yes. Hey. Excellent, man. Hey. Congratulations on uh, on uh, on your podcast, dude. You're doing good. And 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 thank you, Chris. And I just and I just wanted to say uh, I'm grateful uh, to have the show on the Jericho Network. We're crushing it. We all are. Thank you so much for having. Yeah, us. man. It's it's really cool to. Um, I mean, I started this. I think almost five years ago over on Podcast One, and then had the opportunity to come to Westwood One, and uh, I really uh, enjoy. Being here and having you know all the great partners like yourself and all the other all the other good dudes that are on, and it's uh, yeah man it's 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 a great company to work for, and when I heard that you were interested in in, uh, in joining up, I thought like what a great guy, very smart to the business, as you know uh, I feel I, I know that you are, and um, so yeah man I'm glad that we're kind of working together to uh, bring the math. Romero would know nothing about. I missed you. I missed that. <laughs> we lost you there for a second. I'm sorry, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just in a weird position, a weird, weird place. This, this will come back in me one second. Oh, it's okay. Sounds good. One second. Yeah, no, I, I was just saying, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I was just saying that, um, you know, I was excited to, to, to move over to Westwood One and bring the entire crew and then have some new people join like yourself. And uh, it's exciting. What's the one is a great company, and it's great to be uh, working together with you and your great crew there to provide hours of weekly entertainment uh, to the masses. Uh, something that Rocky Romero knows nothing about. Yes, <laughs> I thought I heard you say that. Yeah, <laughs> you stole that show from me, Chris. Talking Shop was my idea, man. You stole the whole thing. Just, just, just say it. Just say it. 
Tell the people. Diss your piss, man. Diss your piss. <laughs> well, Chris, well, Chris, I was, I, I appeared on Talk as Jericho, uh, and it's, yes. it's been a while. I think it was a almost a, it was like a year. Ago. It was like you played it during Christmas, like a year ago or something. And yeah, uh, maybe two, yeah. Yeah, and and the people loved it. I got a, I got a, a shitload of downloads, and and it was just a a, a great conversation. Um, and and I um, and so like I'm I'm kind of happy to have you back on to to kind of pick well, up where you know, we left that, off. That's the cool thing about doing shows like this is I always loved. Um, I'm very curious. I like talking to my friends. I like making new friends. Uh, via the podcast, and then guys like yourself, for example. I mean, we've known each other, I believe, since 1995 or so. Yep. But how often do you really get a chance to sit down and have a chat? So that's the cool thing about, about the podcast format is it's great for, for people listening to kind of be a fly on the wall. But it's also great for the bros to kind of catch up and, and, and shoot the shit and have some fun. Because yeah. we don't really get a chance to do that ever. So. Um, you know, like I said, it was great to have you on my show, and I'm excited to be back here on yours now. Well, and the thing about like about the conversation that we had is, you know, that like we hadn't talked a, a real conversation in, in many, many years, and probably never had. Well, I guarantee you, we never had a conversation like that. And you know, no, and and a lot of things come out, and you know, we find out that we're at different places in our lives now. And, you know, you and I weren't always on the same side of the tracks, you know, when it comes to seeing, right. I, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my, my friends and I, we weren't the most likable, uh, <laughs> likable bunch when it came to, you know, the other, other members of the locker room. And I, and I understand that. I understand why we weren't and why people, you know, um, might've not liked us at, uh, you know, here and there. Well, you know what, though, too, it, it was such a different business in the, in the 90s. Um, and that's basically when all of it took place was the 90s. And even though it was only 20 years ago, it might as well have been 50 years ago, the way that the boys fought, the way that the business was. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, at and you'll, you'll understand this better than almost anybody, the fact that Vince just signed this deal for, you know, $5 billion for the next five years or whatever it is, $3 billion, wow. it doesn't even matter who the main event is anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Whereas back in, 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 in the nineties, if you were going to make the big money, you had to be in the main event. And as a result, to stay in the main event, there was a lot of political machinations yes. going on behind the scenes to keep guys down or to help guys out or whatever it was. And that sort of politics, it doesn't really exist anymore. So yeah, it was a different time frame in that it's just the way that it was. I mean, I, I talked to Hunter on, on my show as well, and, and same thing that you and I had, Sean, when we were finished our conversation, we were like, what the fuck were we so mad at each other about yep. in the first place? I mean, what was the problem? But I feel there was a lot of it that was orchestrated amongst ourselves. I think, especially in Vince's world, a lot of it was orchestrated by Vince to keep the guys on their toes wow. and to keep a little yeah. bit of heat between each other to make the matches a little bit more... Uh, intense. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you, you felt that at times as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, you know, Chris, you remember like I was like I'm, I'm a big fan of your books. I and and I told right. you about the, you know the one where and 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 you talked about how you know you and I we first uh, you know I was one of the first guys you worked with coming in 
And and Jesus, I mean, really, if you think about it, Chris, man, they like they revisited that feud, and it was like at the at the end, like by the time we worked together for the last time, it was like, Jesus Christ, I mean, when's this thing gonna end? Because I. I <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you remember, we had that cage match, and you even had to come out. Yeah. It was like, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, you had to actually mention something like that in the, you know, in your in your words. Uh, but um, I always, uh, I there there was that one time um, where Vince got really mad at you, and yes. uh, and then you came out and you were talking to me, and you were pretty sure I knew like. That happened, and I did. I, I think I mentioned this to you on on, on the show. Like, I had I had uh, um, Joni had complained about working uh, with you, and I. Uh, oh shit! How did this go? I'm sorry. Oh crap! And uh, so Joni. Anyways, I went in and I and I uh, complained to you. Or complained to uh, to Vince and Shane about you, and and apparently they like I didn't know that like uh, that Vince ripped you a new one about that, and I'm sorry about that, Chris. That was all my fault. <laughs> well, <laughs> well just, just to kind of paint the picture for everyone listening, um, when I came into WWE, it's hard for people to actually believe this, but. At that time frame, the wrestling war was real. And it yeah. always makes me laugh at guys. The war wasn't real. Bullshit. I didn't care. No, it was real. There was a little bit of underlying heat amongst the boys if you came from WCW yes. or vice versa. It's just the way that it was. And so when I came into WWE with all the pomp and circumstance and, you know, the Millennium Man and the Countdown and, you know, first night interrupting The Rock, I'm sure I had nuclear heat just by the fact that I was doing it. Yeah. Combine that with the fact that I was completely oblivious to that, knew really nothing about the politics of what was going on. I was just doing my thing. I remember I called Undertaker boring on TV. On Raw. <laughs> I called boring. And, you know, I mean, just laughing at that right now. Like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? Uh, and I remember Taker, even at the time, was laughing, and he said it was even worse because he had just cut this super boring promo. Right. So it was like really like this young upstart going like, boy, that was the shit. And it was the shit. But for Taker to hear that. And then of course, Sean is there and Hunter's there and Steve is there and everyone is there thinking, who does this guy think he is? Right. And yeah. then Vince, I remember the first real feud that I had was with China. And he said to me, do you mind working with, with a woman? I said, no, like, I don't mind at all. I'll be happy to. And he goes, you know, I don't want you to treat her with kid gloves. I want you to um, I want you to, to, to work with her like you would work with a guy. I don't want you to, to pull any punches. You know, I don't want you to stiff her, but do what you do. So I did that. And as a result, I remember she did get a little of a black eye once. Uh, by the way, her uh, forearm strikes were stiff as fuck. You ain't shit. So <laughs> Man, <laughs> tell me about it. Right? She broke my nose at one of those son of a bitches. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so it's. It's not like she was not working hard herself. Yes. Combine that with the fact that, and I'm, I'm saying this with all respect to her, because I do respect all that she did, but it's the classic, you're not as good as you think you are right. syndrome. So when I came in there to put together a match with her, and you know how I am, Sean, we've worked together many times. Yep. If I feel it's right, I'll stick with it. If I feel it's a better idea, I'll take it. 
her ideas were never better. And I had no problem saying, listen, I see what you're saying, but my idea is right. And the two matches that we had were probably two of the better matches that she had, uh, you know, in her time in WWE. But combine all that with, you know, heat and some stiff shots and the fact that I was very, um, I guess, stubborn in how I put together matches and, and stood up for what I believed in. It did lead to a lot of heat. Now, I did not know that you're the one that went and complained to Vince about it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it was it was you, Hunter, uh, China. I mean, it was a combination of all three that did lead Vince. I believe it was two months in. It was in Tampa, Florida, to basically tell me it's the classic line. You're, uh, you're as green as grass, and you're not worth the paper that your contract is printed on. Which so, he was wrong about hear, both of those things, actually. Well, he was, but but at the time, I wasn't as good as I thought I was either. Because you came the other way around. You came from WWE to WCW. Right. Now, when you got to WCW, you have to tell me that you noticed there was a difference in organization and Huge. working style. You know, yeah. I didn't realize just how... I'm not going to say bad, but working in WCW, I never even knew how to feed a comeback. Yeah. Nobody ever taught me that, which is ridiculous when you think about it. But we were still working this hybrid Japanese, European, Canadian style. I had no idea what bumping and feeding was. Right. You yeah, know, but you, I mean, you, you picked know, it up quick, Chris. I mean, you, you adjusted real quick. It's not like you didn't. Well, well, and that's the thing, too. And you had the same the same uh, benefit of being around the world before you got to WWE. Right. So when I got to WWE, I'd been working for nine years, and I'd been over at every company I'd ever worked for. So, you know, there's certain guys like when Daniel Bryan came into the WWE, I knew he would get over no matter what because yeah. he's been over everywhere he's ever worked. He'll figure it out. And, and that's what I did. I figured it out. It didn't take long, but there was a huge, you know, bullseye on my back. Um, and I, I, I smartened up to it very quickly. And the other part of the story is when, you know, we, we laugh now that, that you, you know, went and stooged me off or whatever, but what Vince told me was you now have to go, you, well, A, he said, you're working with Xbox tonight. If you don't have a good match, you're fired, oh, which is fuck. a guillotine over my head, right? <clears throat> and also, and also, I'm not sure if you ever heard that or not, but you could have easily went and sandbagged me and fucked me. And, you know, but you didn't. We had a great yeah. match, as we always did, because we always had great matches. Yeah. And then afterwards, Vince was super cool, pat me on the back. Hey, Pally Wally, give me a call tomorrow. <laughs> oh, and by the way, every match that you have from now on, run it past Sean Walton first and make sure that it makes sense. See, how so is that, me, though, Chris? How is that to hear that? Like, because, I mean, you and I, are, we're, 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 uh, we're peers, you know? Like, I, I right. wasn't like, you know, like... I, I never looked at myself like, okay, you know, I need to help. You know, I always looked at us as peers. So, like, I don't know if I'd have been too happy to hear something like that. Well, but, but let me tell you, because I wasn't happy about it either when you're looking at it from an ego standpoint. Yeah. And uh, I know this guy is trying to fuck me. You know, at, at the time, that's how you're thinking. Sure. But then also, in retrospect, there's a reason why Vince did that. As we know, Vince is a fucking genius. And... We were peers, but Sean, you knew how to work that style. You knew WWE style because you grew up in WWE. I did. I came through Japan and then WCW, right. um, you know, and ECW. So he put me with you to figure out how to do it. And it, once again, didn't take long. Right. But, 
you know, in retrospect, I'm actually really happy he did that because I learned right away, do this, don't do that, try more of this, try less of that, and you, and you got it. Because you, you were never a dick about it, you know, when, 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 when I went to you and, and to listen to Vince says I have to go over the matches. You're like, okay, well, I remember it was with Boss Man or something like that. Yeah. I had some ideas. He said, yes, do this, don't do that, and don't do this. And other than that, you got it. So it wasn't like a dictatorship where you're telling me every single thing. It was more of just like a producer of a record, not sure. a musician who has a song, and you helped me kind of, uh, you know, sculpt it a little bit better. So that's why Vince did it, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it did. It did because, I, you know, it, you were just, I mean, hey, obviously it did because, I mean, everything you did after that was pretty much, you know, a, you know, yeah. straight up. There was, but well, uh, go ahead. It's all part. It's all part of the of the learning process. You know, anytime you come to a new company, it takes a while to figure it out. Now, I always laugh when people go, you know, the WWE style. There, there's no WWE style. Yes, there is a WWE style. It's a main event style. Yes. It's how it's how you really work. Uh, and anybody that comes through the system, it makes me laugh when you see guys for NXT that came in from the indies that were super, super great and super critically acclaimed, there's always an adjustment period when yeah. you come into the WWE. I don't care who you AJ Styles, there's an adjustment. You know, uh, uh, Bobby Roode or, or uh, Samoa Joe or any of these guys that came up to the system. Yeah. You know, because there is a way that we work in WWE. And once you can work that way, you can take that style and work it anywhere on the planet and always have the best match on the yes, show. Yes, yes, thank it, you. you know, yes. Yes. No matter where you, know, you go, that, whether it's Mexico, no matter where. whether it's Arena Mexico or, or the Tokyo Dome, you uh, you can work that style and it works. And it's because it's a universal psychology. What is the psychology, yeah. if I may ask you guys? Is it being more patient? Is it allowing the story to develop exactly? Is it a mix of both? Here's here, let me let me give you my take on it, and then, then Sean, you follow up. Okay. I would use music as an analogy. So let's pretend in everywhere that I ever worked before WWE, I'm pretty pretty talented. Let's say I'm a guitar player, and I'm playing guitar like fucking Eddie Van Halen or Ingve Malmsteen, Yngwie. just shredding. I can play so many notes. I can wow you. I can wow you. When you get to WWE, you learn how to play like Angus Young. Yes. It's not what you play, it's what you don't play. There's a groove to it. There's a feeling to it. There's a story that he tells in every guitar solo. You can hum an Angus Young guitar solo. You can't hum an Ingvay Mountain solo. Uh, yes. Okay. There's nothing right. to hum. It's just it's no. Interesting. There's a rhythm. So what yeah. I learned working with the WWE style is where to do things, where to put it, when to, to, to switch gears, when to let people react. I remember working with Sean doing some kind of a double down on a move and him just saying, don't move. Yeah. But they're not doing anything. They will. Yeah. Don't move. And then you learn, you don't learn that stuff when you're first starting because you think you know it all and you think the moves are what counts. The moves don't mean shit. Yeah. It's where you put them, when you do it, and what the story of the match is. Yeah. And it's the and I try to tell people like if you're studying the moves, you're studying the wrong parts of the match. It's the stuff in between the moves. It, that's exactly right, Sean. It's not what you play; it's what you don't play. Yeah. And what you just said earlier about the Tokyo Dome—it's what I did in the Tokyo Dome this year with Kenny Omega. 
I was laughing before I went over there because, you know, fans don't know any better. They think they do, but they don't. No disrespect. But it's like, how is Jericho going to keep up with Kenny Omega? How is Jericho <laughs> going to work Kenny Omega's style? I don't work anybody's style. Yes. I work my style, and that's the way to do it. We had a hell of a yes. match, great match, perfect fucking match, the best match Jericho's ever had, whatever you want to say, uh, show-stealing match at the Tokyo Dome. And that's because I learned all that from working in WWE. And then conversely... Just a few weeks ago, Rocky was there, stealing money as usual. For the match in Osaka, when I was working with Naito, okay, what's the main event? Okada and Omega. All right. There's no way I'm going to compete with that style of a match. They're going 70 minutes. They've got the storyline. They've got all of these, 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 this history together. Okay, what can I do to stand out? And once again, well, Jericho's match isn't going to mean anything because it's a Megan Okada. Well, it does. What if I just go out there and do a fucking Bruiser brawl, Bruiser Brody brawl? Yes. And we just beat the shit out of each other and go super stiff. Not dangerous, but super stiff. And put some false finishes at the end, but I want to see blood. And I'm going to see blood with no, with no, with no, uh, no razor. Right. And that's another tip that I learned working from Vince. What's the variety of the matches on the card? If you have 10 matches that are all the same, they're not going to compete with an Omega Okada. But what if it's this one's different and it's more violent? And that's the story that I tell. It's a shorter story, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a different, intense story. And it worked once again. I would never have been able to have that match if I hadn't worked for Vince for, for 19 years or whatever it's been. I was just wondering, like I was going to ask you about that match with with Naito and and because. Uh, I I really liked how you started it off hot like that. You know, it was a really it was a brilliant way to start that. Con, you know, considering where you were placed on the card and you know what was before right. you and after, like you like you were just saying actually. And 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 was there any was there any um, any difficulties in in doing that match with Naito based on you know uh, communication problems? No, what happened was we went to, to the dojo um, the day before. Yeah. And I had some ideas kind of panned out. But once again, I was thinking more along the lines of, like you just said, it's not the moves. What's the story that I want to tell? Yeah. And here's what I always go with if I ever do a promo or a match. What's the vibe of this promo? What's the vibe of this match? What's the mood that I want to set? Because once I, 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 I circled in on that, then the rest fell uh, came together quite quickly, and what I, I wanted something that's that's a little uncomfortable, a little bit stiff, because Naito's style is tranquilo is his te- is his catchphrase. He's very laid back. Yes, and, you know he does a lot of like yeah, like, I don't give a shit. You know, I wanted a different Naito. I wanted a Naito that did give a shit uh, and wanted to fight. Um, and here's something else too: is that Gato, you know, a lot of people go, well, Gato just puts the matches together. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of genius there, but I've known Gato for like, 25 years. Uh-huh. There is some genius there, and that whole start of the match was his idea: attack him before the bell, yeah. attack him before he takes his suit off, uh, put him through a table. Like I, I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. once I said, "Well, fuck, this is great. We could do five minutes before the bell even rings," which makes my match shorter, which is what I want, but it also sets the tone of being this super intense brawl. And the only thing I said to him is, I said, Gato, please, no no other uh, jump starts in the aisle and no other ball shots. Oh, good. Because what I noticed, yeah, because what I noticed when I was in New Japan before is no one was keeping track of that. And you'd see, you know, a random ball shot or like, you know, Lance Hoyt and Davey Boy Smith just going out there and fighting in the crowd and fighting on the floor 
for no reason. Yes. So I said, no one else is allowed to do it because that'll make this mean so much more. And once again, little tricks that you use when you work in the WWE, they keep track of those things. Because if not, if the finish of the main event is a ball shot or, or the semi-main event or co-main event or whatever we were, then if you see someone do a random ball shot in the first match that no one sells and it just continues the match, it doesn't have the same effect and the same impact. So we kept an eye on that sort of thing, and that's another reason why the match worked out as well as it did. And the way you did the ball shot deal into the finish was great. I mean, it was really, really clever, man. Really clever. Well, I mean, once again, if I have any type of, of legacy, I think I think that's one thing I've always been really good at is, is how to kind of weave and bob out of people's finishes and signature moves to where you never know that it's coming. And... Um, I just wanted to do something. I remember one time I worked with Rock in 2002. I think it was the Royal Rumble. I was the champion. Yeah. And I was supposed to heal the victory. And Vince was like, well, you know, maybe use the turnbuckle pad off or use a ball shot or put your, your feet on the ropes. And I was like, what if I do all three? Yeah. You know, what if I <laughs> yeah. hit, hit his head in the post and, you know, he comes back and I ball shot him and then roll him up and put my feet on the ropes. It's like, wow. that's kind of what I wanted to do with Naito. But Gato said, you don't have to do everything else. Just that one ball shot. Because uh, my original idea was ball shot, roll him up. Old yeah. school flair. And Gato's like, no, use, use your code breaker. Uh, it should be something hard like that. So it really worked out cool. Because once again, you don't see a lot of that in Japan. Yeah. And I still always believe that a heel should heal his way over uh, no matter what it is, I don't care where you are or if you're winning as a heel, there should be some sort of heelish maneuver, even if it's just something like, you know, the, the head, a head fake to the ref with yeah. turns and flinches or uh, uh, poke in the eye or whatever it may be. So I thought that was the right way to go. And, and it, it really people were surprised by it in a good way. So yeah. Once again, well, well here's the thing. Really works. Chris, here's the thing about that match going into it. Like I, it was, it was, it was a match where, and from the way I was looking at it, neither guy could really afford to lose, you know. Uh, and right, because I think that, and you know, I was talking to uh, to Barry Bloom about this. Actually, I was like, hey, if Chris, like Chris, needs to win his next match over there, you know, like that's, you know, he's doing favors and putting guys over and doing great, but like he needs to win that match, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of those things. Like, the first one that I did with Kenny, it was never meant to be anything more than a one-off. Right. Um, it was just a great idea. I thought it was a very Mayweather-McGregor type of thing, a match that nobody ever thought was going to happen. It was a huge success. I mean, it made millions of dollars for New Japan as far as their subscription rates going up 30%, an extra 12,000 people in the Tokyo Dome over last year. Um, and I, I realized, like, I'm really enjoying this. Like, I like... You know, it's one thing when you work for Vince. I love working for Vince, but it's Vince's company. As That's Pat right. will tell you, some days he likes chocolate, some days he likes vanilla, but it's his ice cream store. What are you going to do? That's know? right. <laughs> so in, in New Japan, it's not Vince's ice cream store. It, 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 obviously, there's rules that we have to follow, and but it's pretty much wide open. And another thing that I love, 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 and Rocky will tell you this, is they don't clue the cameraman in on anything. Yeah. The, the, the camera is all kayfabe. So you don't have to tell anybody what you're doing for your finish or anything because they're not telling anybody anyways. Now, sometimes it leads to them missing a shot if they blade or whatever it may be. But overall, 
you you don't have to be so regimented and no one really knows what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I don't have to have it second guessed. You know, when you do a finish with Vince, you got to run it through the producers. And if there's anything that runs a red flag, they got to run it through Vince or more likely I got to go talk to Vince about it. And either he's going to say yes or no. But by the end of the day, you've gone over it so many times and it's been changed and warped and moved. And, you know, Vince has added what he wants in there yeah. that it's not completely 100 percent the artist. I find in Japan, the artists get to be more of an artist, which I really found refreshing. And I really love that. So long story short, when, when, when I did the Kenny match, as soon as it was done, I went back tonight or to uh, Gator. I said, let me do something at Corkin tomorrow. Let's change my flight. I'll leave the following day and put me in there with somebody. I wanted it to be Okada or Tanahashi. Yeah. He suggested Naito. I said, perfect. And let's leave the door open. We did the beat down in Corican Hall the next day. It took us about two or three months to, to hammer out another deal. Now we got the Naito match. Now, once again, people don't know if it's a one-off or not. I know differently. It was the perfect way for that match to end for me to go over. A, I needed it, like you said. B, it's going to lead to a whole story that we're telling with me in New Japan. Yeah. No, I mean you need. I mean you needed it if you were going to continue to go over there and and be a viable, like you know. You know, be able to use you to make money, you know? Hello? Hello? Chris? Say it again? Oh, no, I was just saying, uh, I, I mean, I, if if it if was just going to be another one off, like, yeah, you could have gone over and, and dropped the fall to him, and then, you know, but it was it would be well, hard to continue to do business over yeah. there on top. It, it, it would be. And, and like you said, I mean, wins and losses, don't mean everything, but they mean something, especially when you come in as a new guy, you know, um, even though it's Chris Jericho, there's years of experience in 60 Japanese tours. It's the first time in new Japan in 20 years. Yeah. So, Hey, there's nothing wrong with losing to the best guy in the company. Who's now the champion, but the next match for me to win and take the title. Now you've got a whole different view of what Chris Jericho can do in New Japan, yeah. and that's very exciting. Once again, and, and, and once again, that's all. That's, I, I, that's not something I suggested. Um, it's, it's something that Gato did, and I thought like that's really interesting to me. That's I think that's a great idea uh, that really opens the door to doing a lot more stories, yeah. a lot more tales to tell with Chris Jericho in, in New Japan, and almost doing a Brock Lesnar type of schedule to where. It's not. I'm not there every show, but the ones that I am there on are are, are now special because Jericho's yeah. there. So, like I said, I mean, I don't know. I didn't expect to be doing more matches with New Japan, you know, as of January of this year. And now that I've done, you know, another one, and there's a couple more in the pipeline, I might decide to stay a little longer. And to piggyback off of that, you've already talked about, you know, being an artist in the ring and what your legacy is going to be. On top of that, nobody has reinvented themselves more than you. Is that just you constantly trying to keep yourself entertained? And how does it feel now? You mentioned, obviously, working at WWE. You have no filter whatsoever right now. How great does that feel? Well, I mean, once again, I'm in a great position to where, after all these years, um, I'm still working at a top level, and, and I, I really believe in the reinvention. I think that's so important. And a lot of guys don't do that. And I don't, I don't want to be, you know, if I was still doing Y2J from 2002, no one would care. Right. Um, so there, there's been a constant reinvention. I think 2016 was maybe the biggest year of my career 
one of them at least. And then leading right into what I've done now with New Japan, I might be more relevant than I've ever been. Yeah. So that gives me bargaining power. And, and Sean knows this. When you, yeah. when Jesse Ventura told me this years ago, if you really want Vince to want you, go make it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you can really start turning heads and really call your own shots. And, and that's something that I've been really able to do over the last few years. But now throw in the New Japan element and, the, you know, the sky's the limit now. I mean, yeah. I'm almost like, I'm not saying this with an egotistical standpoint, but it's almost like I'm the hottest free agent in the world or one of them. You're talking about Omega, you're talking about the Young Bucks, Cody. I mean, Jericho's right up there. Guys that are doing basically whatever they want to do, cutting my own deals with Hot Topic and New Japan and, you know, Westwood One or whatever it is. And I think that just makes me more valuable to the WWE when the time comes for me to return. Absolutely. You're one of the guys, I was just going to say that, you're like free agent-wise, there's pretty much, okay, uh, yourself and Rey Mysterio that can just show up on a WWE show uh, today and tomorrow on a New Japan show. And and it'd be just fine. And, and you know, there, like, like you were saying, there's only a few people uh, in the industry... Uh, that have that ability, and, and it's pretty pushing, impressive. Pushing the business to a, a, yeah. a new to new heights, you know, yeah. and it's so different because it's never been done before this way. You know, it, it's so uh, against uh, you know taboo or whatever. So it's pretty cool to, to to see the whole thing unfold. You know, the way it has. Well, it's funny too. Like if you talk about about you, Sean, being kind of a pioneer, like the first small guy. I mean, you know, Sean and Brett, but you were smaller than both of them. Yeah. You know, and then and then the lineage of kind of Waltman leads to, you know, the guys like me and Eddie and Mysterio, or whatever. And here we are, 25 years later, with Mysterio and Jericho being the two guys that can kind of do whatever they want in the business. 25 years ago, we couldn't even get a job on the roster. That's right. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just interesting to see how the business has changed, and it's it's a much smarter business now. I mentioned this earlier. Those new TV deals being being cut of like the two billion dollars. Like, oh my gosh, like the entire landscape has changed now. Yep. The days of going to Rochester and, and opening up your check to see if you made 500 bucks or 1000 bucks, <laughs> I mean, that might, you know, that might continue on because those guys are going to let it that work there. I'm yep. not going to let it that be that way. $2 billion? Are you kidding me? That's right. It's a whole different world now, man. Yeah. So I think, you know, with New Japan kind of having the, 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 the kind of the upswing that they're having, I'm not going to say that, that the boys are going to get paid the way that basketball players or football players or hockey players get paid, but it's going to change to more of that. It has to because there's only a certain amount of guys that are over and mean something, and there's so much money at play now. This is the test. The, the famous wrestlers' union. Listen, there's never going to be a union, right? but there is a chance to change the way that the business has been done for the last 25 years. Yeah just by the fact that that TV deal was signed. I was thinking about that you brought up uh, Union and, and how there's never going to be one, and you're right, Chris. But the closest thing I remember there being to one was when Barry when when Barry Bloom came along, and and uh, next thing you know, he's representing a bunch of us and negotiating yeah. these big. That was some serious leverage for the uh, for the boys for the yep. talent. It was, yeah, and it was it was frowned upon by Eric Anton. Yeah, you but know, that, that's a little. You, you guys have heard the name Barry Bloom. Barry was the first agent in wrestling, basically, yep. 
that was brought in by Jesse Ventura uh, when he did Predator to, yep. to kind of to make the deal with Vince to get out of his deal or whatever he had to do wow. to make that movie. So Barry's been around for you know 30-odd years dealing with the WWE and dealing with Vince. So once again, you have that little bit of leverage. And listen, man, this isn't 1965 Carney anymore. That's this right. is a big-time, billion-dollar business, but it hasn't ever caught up financially the way that all other forms of entertainment have so a lot of that is on the boys because the boys don't want to you know don't want to rock the ship or if, if one guy said i'm not doing the match unless there's a union some other guy would come up behind and go i'll do it now there's a chance for it to change if certain guys that can make those changes you know exert their influence to do that so it's, it's very interesting to me to be in this business now, uh, coming up on my 28th year, yeah. I'm 47 years old, still feel great, performing great, like I said, maybe with a name value more than I've ever had, as a free agent. Like, who knows, man? This, yeah. this could be, like, the biggest money ever if, if, if it works out the way that it can. Oh, for sure. Well, Chris, speaking of how the landscape of wrestling is changing, I want to know, what are your thoughts? What do you think that New Japan has to do in order to successfully expand into the United States? Well, I mean, they're doing a lot of it now. I mean, they're very smart in having a lot of foreigners on on the show. And, you know, if you look at that top mix, it's Omega, it's the Bucks, it's Cody, and then it's Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, um, you know, uh, Hiromu. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a kind of a core group of Japanese and there's a core group of foreigners. And if you're going to try and make it in the, in, the, in the States, you need, you know, the native guys. Um, it was a very controversial move for them to bring this guy called Harold May uh, from the Netherlands as the president of New Japan. Think about that. A, a, a guy from the Netherlands, uh, I believe that's a, a, a Dutch guy, a Dutch president for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of the whole company? The yeah, he's they, the CEO yeah, and absolutely. president. Absolutely. Yep, wow. Wow. And, 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 and Rocky knows, and Sean, you know how unbelievable that is. We have never seen anything like that before of a, of a gaijin, which is a detrimental term, by the way, is in, it, in Japanese language. Are we, hey, um, are, are we, is that, is that derogatory now? Are we, do we, should we be offended well, think, by that? I think, I think it always had a little bit of, of a slant to it, didn't it, uh, didn't it, Rocky? Is I it think, kind of I a little think, bit yeah, of a, of a it, bad word? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I yeah, thought but, we were, like, but I think like, it was kind of accepted just as the, as like the, like in the wrestling world, like yeah. as, as wrestlers, like. Yeah, I, I never know. took offense to it. I, yeah. I always thought Round Eye was the one they used to call us. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what, what I'm saying is the fact that there's a foreigner in charge of the company now tells me that they are very serious yeah. about yeah. doing some international movements because he's, I, I'm not sure his exact, uh, I'm sure Rocky can tell you more than I can, but he's, he's, he turned around a giant toy company. He was the head of Coca-Cola in Japan, and he, he's an internationally thinking guy. Um, right. Does he know much about wrestling? I don't think so. He'll learn very quickly, right. especially if he tries to go into the States because Vince, once he gets on Vince's radar, Vince will try and, and you know, they'll, they'll try and kill New Japan. That's just how Vince is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he can, uh, but I do know that they got to be very smart with the moves that they make. It's just like Ring of Honor going in and announcing that they're going to do a show at Madison Square Garden. I mean, Sean, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, they're not doing a show at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. There is no freaking way. 
Because as soon as Vince hears about that, he's going to make a call and get that shit snuffed out pretty damn quick. And lo and behold, a week later, guess what happens? It got snuffed out pretty damn quick. Yeah, it did. I wonder if the AAA show will get snuffed out. I would bet that would get snuffed out too because what I think is if there wasn't an exclusive deal with WWE before all this happened, I bet you there is one now. Yeah, for sure. The Madison Square Garden is Vince's, Vince's backyard, you know, from his grandfather to his dad to now. There's not going to be a pro wrestling show in Madison Square Garden as long as Vince McMahon is alive. That's the way I really feel about yeah, it. The, the closest, so the, clo- I, the closest thing they had was that Triple A show at the Paramount and the you know the, the yeah. theater on the side. Yeah, I think WCW might have done a show there oh, as yeah. well at some point. But as far as getting into that big arena, there's no way. And I think there's a lot of arenas around the country that will probably that New Japan might experience the same issues with if they start getting a little bit too big. So we'll see what happens. You know, I, I think that they have potential because here's the thing. If you want to make a, 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 a mark in the wrestling business and be another company other than the WWE, you have to do something completely different. Yeah. You can't be WWE light because WWE does it too damn good. They're too damn big and it's the brand name. Hey, you cut yourself. Can I have a Band-Aid? It's not called a Band-Aid. That's the brand name. Hey, you want a Coke? That's not the name of a soda. That's the brand name. Because it becomes the name. Yeah. Hey, do you, I'm a wrestler. I like WWE type stuff. Yes. Um, but New Japan is different. They've got a different slant to it. They've got a different style. Um, the Japanese guys that they're pushing are very good. So it could do some good business in the States. It could be a solid number two if if they play their cards right. Yeah. Um, but once again, as soon as it starts becoming a little bit too big or it's taking, you know, buys out of, out of Vince's pocket, you might see a little bit more of a, of a, of a, of a backlash towards them from the WWE. people. We'll see what happens. And right now, like, um, and I, you know, I don't like to ask people questions when they come on the show that they've already answered a bunch of times, but you've already mentioned, you know, how you're not working uh, the Cal Palace show here in, in the States or even all in, right? Yeah. So you're not, you're not, yeah, you're, I, I, you're not running opposition. Uh, you're not doing opposition here in the States to WWE. And, and, and then, yeah. And that's the thing, man. I mean, I have great respect for Vince. Um, yeah. I, I've never worked anywhere other than, than for Vince since the 90s yeah. until this Tokyo Dome show. So when the deal came about, I called Vince to tell him. I wanted him to know about it. I wanted him to hear it from me first. And he was very cool about it. Then, when the second one happened, I'm not going to say he wasn't cool about it, but I think it started to hit home like, wait a second, what are you doing here? You know? um, I told him the money that was at stake, and once again, unless you're going to write the check for that, you can't stop me from doing it, but I still wanted to be on the up and up. And I just really felt that doing All In or the Cow Palace show or the Long Beach show is a little too close for home. And if I'm going to start doing that, <clears throat> I, I need to sign a, 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 you know, a long-term deal with New Japan. Yep. Um, because then you know for sure that I'm not working for WWE anymore. So that to me was, was, the, that was kind of the boundaries. As, as a performer and as a loyal... WWE, you know, uh, 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 cornerstone or whatever I am, working over in Japan is another universe. Amen. Working here, you're, what's that? You're, your body's holding up pretty good, man. That was the next thing I was going to say. Like, you have a few, yeah. a, a good, good few more years at least left in you. Well, 
and, and I'm the type of guy that I always said, like, if I feel I, 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 I can't go out there and have the best match on the show, then I won't do it anymore, you know? And, you know, the Kenny Omega match, I never worked with Kenny before. Yeah. Here we are, you know, if you're going by people that watch the show, that was the best match on the show. Naito match, the greatest match of all time, Okada and Omega, but guess what number two was? Yeah. Naito Jericho, I'll take it. That's a good place to be. So, yes, I do have, do I have a few years of working 180 shots a year? I don't think so. Do I have a few years of working the shots that mean something to me and yeah. picking and choosing? Uh, absolutely. And still being able to go out there and be the Chris Jericho that I want to be. Um, I, I I do have a few more years. I do feel uh, great. You know, I started doing yoga years ago. And I also started not being full-time basically back since 2007. Yeah. I come and go. And I think that's one of the reasons why it keeps my mind, uh, my body sharp. But more importantly, it keeps my mind sharp. Because when you start getting burned out in this business, that's when things start going wrong. So it's exciting to and, me right now. And I um, and, and one of the things that, that sticks out to me, Chris, when I'm watching your match, uh, like your match with Naito, like you, you when was the, when was the, the last time you had a match prior to that? Well, it's kind of funny. I had a match in July of 17 on SmackDown. Yes. My next match was January of 18 at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. And my next match, I did the, the greatest Royal Rumble thing, which I was in the match for three minutes, so that doesn't count. <laughs> so it was January 4th at the Tokyo Dome all the way through to June 9th in Osaka, which is basically six months. It was six months between... Matches for the Tokyo Dome and six, six months between matches um, in, in Osaka. So I'm impressed. You know, it's a, I'm, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm majorly impressed that like your timing is always there, in spite of having gaps in between your matches that long, and your wind and not blowing up in there. And I know a lot of that's pacing and how you put the match together, but still incredibly impressive, Chris. Thanks, man. And it's funny too because as you know. When you're in this business, you can train and do all the cardio. And I do. I, I bike 15 miles a day, you know, on the trail here and boxing and dieting and all that other stuff. But actually, the night to match, when I attacked him on the floor and just went Russia on about two minutes in, I stood there on the floor going, oh, my gosh, I'm fucking blown up. Uh, and this, this sucks. The worst. You know, when you, when you get that feeling and it's at the beginning of the match, able to i think after that he attacked me or something i, I was able to lie on the floor just for 15 seconds yeah. and really just breathe slow and i popped back in but i was like man it's dangerous you know you're going out there without a net and people that haven't been in the business i mean rocky you'll understand this too um when you blow up it's the worst feeling in the world ever you can't get back from it you uh, can't yep. get back from it now, after both those matches, I had that feeling of that tasting the blood in the back of my throat. Yeah. You know, where you're breathing heavy for the next 30 minutes, and you can't really take a deep breath, and you kind of want to cough. Yeah. I did have that both times. But wow. I was also able to go out there and do the match the way I wanted to do it and the pace that I wanted to do it. But you do remember that, listen, man, you can do all the cardio all you want. It's not the same as being in that match. Has the travel to Japan affected your performance at all? I mean, not to sound like an e uh, egotistical, but you tell me, you know, a five-star match or whatever, a, a half-star match or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, uh, it didn't affect me that badly. You know? Oh, it used to kill me, um, Chris. With my first match, when I'd get over there, I'd be dead in the water, man. <laughs> like the first two oh, matches, right. I'd be dead. Oh, my God. 
I remember that one time you came over and we had that little junior tournament. You got a concussion. Do you remember that? I had a concussion before I got there. Vince Vince didn't want me to go to that, but I was like, oh, I was so happy Tenru was bringing me over there and was paying me really yeah. good. And, yeah, I German suplexed Gato and on, I already have him post-concussion syndrome. And next thing I know, I'm I'm, I'm laying on the floor in, in the sumo hall, like in the hallway, and like you're standing over me and, and Haku yeah. slapping me in the face, trying to keep me awake. Yeah, yeah, I remember that dude. And that's and that's like you know, I remember you kind of had like a a little greenish twinge too, you know. And yeah. that, that's a lot of that is from travel. This is something I always say as well, like. You know, even doing that Saudi Arabia show, and that's a long fucking way. Everybody gets in the day before, but you're jet lagged. Yep. You know, you wake up in the morning, you go hang out at the stadium, you do a match. I mean, most people when they travel, they'll get uh, they'll get jet lagged, and they got to take you know a week or two weeks or, or, or a couple days, I should say, to at least get in the groove to where they start feeling like a human being again. We get there and go straight to work, and it's not you know crunching numbers on a computer; it's physical hard work yeah so that's another thing to me that that amazes me that more guys don't get hurt uh in wrestling just from the proxy of the travel yeah. uh, and then going straight to taking bumps well i have a question uh speaking about you know everything you're already doing outside of wrestling i, I have to ask about the cruise coming up october 27th to the 31st it seems like it's going to be a round robin of activities is there any intrigue as to how wrestling fans are going to act when they know their heroes can't get away from them on the ship Oh shit! <laughs> well, let me let me put it to you this way, and this is uh, this is uh, this is how I got the idea. Uh, I, I Fozzie played the Kiss Cruise back in, in September and uh, September fifteen, and um, I always say that wrestling fans, Kiss fans, and Star Wars fans are very similar in that they're very loyal, they hate everything, but they're also very passionate very critical, but they'll die for, for their chosen, you know, form of entertainment. So Kiss Cruise is interesting because they're all Kiss fans. That's all they're talking about. That's all there is. But it was really cool because the first day you get on board and everybody wants to take a picture. Everybody wants to say hi. Cool. Second day, it's a little bit more. Third day, you're just another guy on the ship. And that's where the real fun part of it comes in. It's an experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. And that's where I thought, like, listen, I could do this combine rock and roll and wrestling what i'm known for and listen my schedule is ridiculous it's, i'm not gonna have you know any fun at all i'm working the whole damn time but i have to sell this cruise i have to make it a success so you know wrestling fans are gonna have a great time it might be a little bit crazy for the boys but it's gonna be a fun experience for everybody because it's people that are all from the same uh mindset of, of really loving yeah. this certain art form of wrestling and love rock and roll as well, and love live comedy, and love you know live podcasting and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it's never been done before. I'm taking a big chance, but I had to do it, and so far so good. And, I, and my goal is for it to be an annual, uh, an annual destination vacation. 
uh, in year two, I've already got uh, X-Pac 12360 on the docket for a, a live podcast. If you can put up okay. with it. I don't want you to go back God to doing drugs it. again, Sean. But. <laughs> you know, I was just telling these guys, Chris, that I have an aversion to cruises. Like, like that's the only reason I didn't mention coming on the Jericho cruise. It's because I had the worst goddamn experience on a cruise with my family, and I couldn't hide from anyone. And the and, and the the people stole my family's pictures off the bulletin what? board. What? Oh yeah. So like I was. Oh. It's it's a little bit different because you will be protected a little bit more. But okay. Like I said, I think, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you, you know the other thing too is, is it's so funny you know I, i'm not a promoter but now by proxy i kind of am yeah, you, because, you know i'm booking the guys and you wouldn't believe the guys coming out of the woodwork uh hey man can i come on that wrestling cruise yeah. you got going on there i'm not gonna mention any names but you put two and two together it's like every guy that's working in fayetteville kentucky on a it. sunday night at the high school gym is calling to get on the cruise. And it's like, you know, I, I'm nice to everybody, but I'm like, dude, what, what am I going to bring you on the cruise? Yeah. How many tickets are you going to sell is Joe, on this damn cruise? Hey, is JoJo Starbuck going to be on the cruise? <laughs> He's on there, brother. He's coming on there. It's a hell of a deal. Hey, is there any last stuff before we, uh, like, dude? You've been so, so generous with your time, Chris. I'm really grateful. We're gonna like, we're gonna let you go here real, uh, in, in a second here. Well, before we let you go, I just wanted to get your opinion on the two passings we've had recently with Vinnie Paul from Pantera and Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's actually I did a, a show earlier today for Talking Jericho with Charlie from Anthrax and, and uh, Chris from Lamb of God talking about Vinnie. Um, Vinnie was one of those guys. Uh, I will use this as an analogy that Sean can understand. He was a, a more parting version of Owen Hart, uh -huh. a guy that everybody loved, uh, always had a smile on his face, very generous, um, just a great, great guy. And, you know, also living with the, the, the pain of having his brother, you know, Dimebag Daryl murdered in front of him. Nice. You know, everybody loved the guy. And there was countless times, whether it's at his house in Dallas or his house in Vegas, you would stay up all night drinking and before you pass out he's got to make breakfast for everybody i'm not talking about waffles in a toaster i'm talking full-on eggs and bacon and sausage and you know just one of those guys like come on we got some breakfast man and he would make it for you and um it's it's it, it, it's really sucks because everybody that i know that knew Vinny loved him there's nobody saying oh that guy was a jerk or, or whatever just just a real sweetheart of a guy that should not be you know, should not be dead. And uh, it's it's a tough one for me, man. We've lost a lot of friends over the years yeah. uh, in this business, and, and some of them are harder than others. And this one for me is one is one of the hardest ones that I've ever had to deal with. So it, it's, it's a drag, man. It really is. And, and it's one of those things, you know, when you're on the road like we are, and we talked earlier, Sean, about, you know, quote-unquote heat back in the day yeah. or whatever it was. There's there's no heat, man. There's, there's dudes that do what we love to do. We travel the world. We know the ups of it, and we know the downs of it. We know the sacrifices that you have to make, the shitty things you have to deal yeah. with, the fuck-ups that we make. And when you lose one of your brothers, it's just one less guy that you can go to if you ever need to talk, you know? And and, yeah. and Vin was like one of those guys for me. So it's been a sad sad week for sure. It's brutal. I, I just saw him at, at Sebastian Bach's 50th birthday party, man. It was so crazy. I just And then I just... I mean, it was just, he's, yeah. he's one of those guys that was always around. I, yeah. I was starting to think about it. I was like, dude, I must've hung out with Vinnie Paul 50 times, yeah. like 
oh, there was this time and there was that time. And like, you know, he, he had a limousine. It was a limousine from about 1985 that he bought. But I remember one time <laughs> he, came <and> saw our, <laughs> he came and saw our show in Tyler, Texas at the Oil Dome. Oh, and then the we rode job, back to yeah. Dallas. You remember that venue? Yep. Back to Dallas. Uh, like limousine, <laughs> this old jalopy limousine. And, you know, just like you said, like if someone's having a birthday party, hey, you want to come? I'll be there. And yeah. you would see him at all those places. Every Golden Gods that we ever did, he'd always be there. Or, you know, just anytime Fozzie played Dallas or Vegas when we were in town, if he was in town, he would be there. I mean, the last time I saw him was in March at a Fozzie show. And, you know, it was just one of those guys. He was always there and, and just smiling his face and drinking his hand. And, hell yeah, one, two barbecue. And, you know, like I said, it's it's a, it's a drag that, that he's not with us, man. And, and I'm pretty uh, pretty bummed out about it. Chris, you have a long list of accomplishments. You do so much throughout your life. I want to know, how do you balance everything that you do from your podcast to wrestling to being a rock star and, you know, also being a father all at the same time? And also, I want to know, do you have anything that's next for you in your bucket list or something you'd still like to accomplish? I don't really have a bucket list because all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid was be in a rock and roll band and be a wrestler. That was it. And, um... You know, I started playing in bands when I was 13, and then I started wrestling when I was 19. So this is what I've been doing my whole life, and all these other cool things kind of happen as byproducts of uh, you know of, of these things that I've done. And the podcast is great, like I mentioned, just getting a chance to reconnect with old friends or make new friends. Um, you know, that's why I write my books because you got a lot of time on planes and, and just kind of sitting around arenas and, and venues and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm an entertainer. It's what I do. It's never going to stop. Um, you know, I, I look at the Stones, Mick at 75 and Keith at 76, still playing and still rocking. And that's, that's me. Like, I don't know what aspect it's going to be, but there's no reason to stop doing what I've always done. And, and obviously I'm not going to be in the ring wrestling forever, but now there's so many other ways. To, you know, I do a lot of live talk shows. Especially over in the UK, where they're really popular, just go tell stories for a couple hours that people love. Or starting up this cruise, or you know, Fozzy now with two top ten singles and, and working on a third one. You know, that's another outlet. So, you know, to me, I just want to continue to to, to entertain, and I've got a great uh, fan base that follows me basically for pretty much everything that I do. Um, and I'm going to continue to do that. That's the reason why I wanted to do this thing in Japan because I knew it would surprise people. And it would be like a, oh, shit type of a moment. I can't believe it. This is really happening. And so I kind of am thinking of other ways to continue to do that and, and kind of keep people entertained and, and just keep uh, doing what I've always done. Great. Nice. Hey, so uh, who, who are you going to defend the, the Intercontinental title against next? Can't tell you. It's a big secret. <laughs> you don't want to give us an exclusive. <laughs> Rocky Romero. Oh, not even Rocky knows. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, man. I could just keep on rambling, and and we could keep on uh, talking. I could keep coming up with things to uh, bring up to you that are really interesting. But man, you've been more than gracious with your time, and I'm grateful for that, man. Thank you so much for joining us. No, it's my pleasure. It's funny because you texted me a month ago or whatever and said you got 10 minutes. I'm like, nah, I don't minutes. want to do 10 minutes. Let's do it when it's right. Let's yeah. do a full-on show. And anytime, man, I, I, I enjoy listening to your show and 
congratulations. I'm surprised you remember as much as you do right. about everything. <laughs> He's got a great oh, one more thing. But, uh, one more thing, Chris. I owe you an, an, an apology for the shitty way I dropped the WCW Cruiserweight title to you in L.A. Do you know, do you remember that? <laughs> Dude, we just talked about it. Um, Bischoff has a podcast, and they brought that up, and then I did a rebuttal to it, and we talked about that. And Bischoff thought, like, he's like, he thought it was great. I'm like, no, it wasn't great. It was no. terrible. That was the worst goddamn uh, uh, handing over because I had a match with Ray, with, with Ray Mysterio. Yep. And then you were like an afterthought. Yep. It was such bullshit. I'm so sorry for that. And, oh, my God. <laughs> but that's what I was saying is like, you know, just so people know, it was a house show in L.A. Yep. And Bischoff wouldn't let me go to Japan. But he said, but we're going to have you win the Cruiserweight title. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool because Six, which is what your name was at the time, was the champion. But then they told me how it was going to be at a house show in L.A. As a baby face, you're the heel. You beat Rey Mysterio in 15 minutes. I run down, challenge you on the spot, pin you in 10 seconds, and win the Cruiserweight title, which is the total heelish thing to do. Not to mention the fact that the NWO was super over, and I was super not. I got booed out of the fucking building. (laughs) 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 And I, I was like... I was like, well, that's terrible. That's the worst way yeah. you could ever win the Intercontinental Championship, you know? It was. It was and tough, I, terrible. I think, you know, once again, it was just another one of those of those things at the time where, when you think about it, if you would have put us on TV for 15, 20 minutes and had a fucking great match on Nitro and I beat you, you know, big deal. It would have been awesome. Yeah. It would have been It would have been so much better, but that's just how things were back in those oh, days. Fuck. And uh, it's funny that you remember that because I just had, I, I didn't really remember it, so I've talking about it uh over the last yeah weeks, i'm uh, a little bit embarrassed by that man i'm not gonna lie to you so hey but thank you chris <laughs> hey thanks man and and it's really great being uh part of the jericho network here on yes. westwood one yes. <laughs> yeah man i appreciate it see because you you you, you, you stooge me off to vince yeah you dropped the title <laughs> like a bitch like a douche. Uh, in los angeles and i still got you uh, on the jericho network. yeah so there you go all right man <laughs> hey have a great rest of your Cheers, day man. man take care Thanks, Thank Chris. You. Talk to you soon. All right, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's All awesome. right. Hey, so that was that was really uh that was a fun combo. Yeah. I know it was a little bit um you know, like you know, we lost him a couple times there, but I I don't give a shit. Like I'll that was take cool. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well Jericho that was never sits cool. still, so the fact that we got him for that long is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> good so, uh, hey, anything before we go real quick? Anyone wanna um Well you could Follow Sean yeah. on Twitter at the Real Xbox, Instagram Xbox One Two Three Sixty, Facebook Xbox One Two Three Sixty Show, and buy the shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. And you Denise? guys can check me out on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, and then on YouTube Denise Salcedo. There's tons of new stuff coming out, so make sure to check that out as well. Yeah, they please everyone go uh, support Denise and her uh, her YouTube channel, and and like uh, you know. You've been doing some great like interviews and things. What a great interview you had with Shawn Michaels the other week. Um, Braun Strowman. Just all kinds Strowman. of great cool. stuff you're doing uh, outside of here, and I'm really proud of that. Thank you. Excellent. Go ahead. Uh, at Jay Quasto, you can watch Championship Wrestling from Hollywood every single week on Fight TV and regionally throughout the country. Coastline Clash starts airing this week. You don't want to miss it. And Sunday, July 8th, Championship Wrestling from Arizona. We're actually going to be doing television tapings. Uh, Nick Aldis putting the NWA World Heavyweight title on the line against Peter Avalon. If you're in Phoenix, can't miss it. Cool. And Rocky. RockyRamaraMerch.com, ChicoElLuchador.com. Yes. Uh, I'm excited about the next episode. We've got a great uh, list of guys that are part of it. 
uh, even one named uh, Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. man. All right. So, yeah. That's, well, that'll be coming out soon. Hey, so uh, I'm I'm really grateful to everyone that tunes in yes. each and every week right Thank here. You. Thank you. On X-Pac 12360 on the Jericho Network, part of Westwood One. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff. We would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at the Real Xbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.